This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 127. Is Bank on Yourself a Scam? A Nerd's Eye View on Policy Loans and Michael Kitsis. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Well, hello there. Glad to have you with me today for our latest episode. We're going to be covering another piece, another article in our little mini-series that we're titling, Is Bank on Yourself a Scam? And I don't know about you uh, or if it's just me, but I have found myself in the camp of the nerds for a long time now. It's not uncommon. You know, I had, you know, really the the best time at the lunch table. You know, I had the best time uh, at the parties and on the recess grounds. I'm okay with being called a nerd. And, you know, honestly, these days you can be in pretty good company being a nerd. One of the best folks to be in the crowd with you is a gentleman named Michael Kitsis. He's a financial planner and investment advisor. His name's Michael Kitsis. He's he understands a lot about many areas of money and finance. He's he's really a, a huge learner and he's a practitioner too. I mean, guys, this gentleman has twice as many letters after his name than he has in his name. Literally, literally. So I personally I really respect him a lot for what he's done for the CFP brand and the Certified Financial Planner brand that he and I both hold, and the financial planning profession in general. However, he does not seem to understand some basic fundamentals on the bank-on-yourself strategy for personal finance. Uh, Kitsis wrote a review of the bank-on-yourself concept, and while he got a lot of things right, he did. He really did. I could tell he was writing his very best. He did miss some crucial elements that I want to make as clear as possible to you, our listeners, today. And, you know, there's a, a lot of really good things he got right, but a lot of really th- really important things that he got wrong. By the way, Pamela Yellen did a great job. She wrote five articles on Mr. Kitz's article that he wrote originally. Okay, so Kitsis uh, did a review of Bank on Yourself, and then Pamela Yellen, who runs the Bank on Yourself website and coined the phrase Bank on Yourself, you know, kind of knows what it is since she trademarked the phrase. She did a great job replying to Michael Kitsis with five articles that I think everybody should read if you've got the time for it. We'll try to consolidate some of her material and to give you some of the basics on what this article is all about, but definitely go check out bankonyourself.com and just type Kitsis into the search bar. You'll see what we're talking about there. Okay, so what were the five things that he got right? Let's start with the, the positives. Okay, number one, Kitsis says, quote, permanent life insurance gives an insurance company the means to provide policy owners a policy loan at favorable interest rates because the cash value provides collateral for the loan, end quote. Michael, that's perfect. Well stated. You cannot take a life insurance policy loan unless you have a life insurance insurance company with enough cash value, uh, with your name on it, the policy's cash value, uh, to serve as collateral. It, the money is not coming from your own pocket. It's coming from the general reserves of the insurance company. So there is an interest charged on policy loans, which by the way is usually fairly competitive, and it's below market rates. So that's the first thing that Michael Kitsis gets correct. 
that we are actually pulling money when we get a loan. We're getting the money from the insurance company and using our cash value as collateral. Keyword there, collateral. Number two, Kitsa says, quote, even as cash value insurance operates as collateral for a life insurance policy loan, it also remains invested, earning a rate of return that slows the erosion of the net equity of the policy, end quote. Kitsis is saying essentially in that quote uh, that the way life insurance policy loans work allow your cash value to keep growing when you take a loan so that total growth doesn't lose as much as it otherwise would. Okay, so that's kind of a summary of his quote there. And he's partially correct. However, I'm going to give him a B- minus for his statement there. Uh, with a true bank-on-yourself type policy, when you borrow from it, the growth of your cash value is not slowed at all. There is no erosion or it does not slow the erosion of your cash value. Michael Kitsis grasps that you can borrow against the cash value and the policy continues to grow, so he gets a passing grade on that, but he misses the fact that the policy will continue to grow without eroding the growth of the policy. He seems to think that there's some diminishment of the returns of the cash when you borrow. It's simply not true. If there's a true bank on yourself policy in your portfolio, you have something called non-direct recognition policy loans. And you can see what we're talking about in clear as day when you look at our show notes for episode 110. So go check that one out if you'd like to learn more. So he did get that correct. We'll give him a B minus though. Number three, Michael Kitsa says, quote, bank on yourself is legit in that borrowing and repaying life insurance loans is a way to tap the cash value of a life insurance policy without surrendering it, end quote. Thanks for the endorsement, Michael. That's awesome. A plus. Way to go. It's really neat to see when mainstream financial planners pick up on how this is a perfectly legitimate and beneficial way to use life insurance as a financial management tool. Got no problem with that comment at all. Thanks, Michael. Number four, Michael, Michael Kitsa says, quote, if a policy owner takes a loan and never repays it, eventually the policy could lapse and result in a potentially significant taxable gain. End quote. Yes, Michael, you're right. It's important that anytime you take out a policy loan, and if you totally ignore that loan and you ignore the loan interest that accrues on the insurance policy loan, you do run the risk of forfeiting your policy, letting it lapse. And those gains, if there are gains, there would be taxable gains. Okay, so you got that right. Again, passing grade. I am going to give you a C minus on this answer, though, unfortunately. He seems to think that lapsing a policy due to non-loan payment is as easy as falling off a log. By the same line of reasoning, he would probably tell you not to take out a home mortgage because, hey, you know what? If you never pay that home mortgage, eventually the loan would be called and you could lose your home, okay? That's kind of the logic he's using there. I guess it's also true that if you just drive your car straight and you never turn it left or right, eventually you're going to hit something. You're going to hit a tree. But does that mean you never get into a car, never drive a car? Of course not. Of course not. So is Michael's logic with his statement helpful here? I mean, it's logically true, but is it helpful logic? I believe it's no surprise that there's, you know, almost as many bad consequences when you don't repay any debt that you legally owe. Okay. But if you die with a loan outstanding on a life insurance policy, the resulting death benefit when you pass away is going to just be simply netted out by the loan balance and the remainder of the death benefit would be left income tax-free to your family. 
While Mr. Kitsis continually harps on the potential drawbacks of unpaid life insurance policy loans, he seems to not even mention that there are consequences to not paying other loans from other sources, you know, credit cards, mortgages, auto loans, student loans. I mean, what are some of the negative consequences with those? Well, there's late fees, black markets on or black marks on your credit report, which can affect everything from your ability to get a job to how much you pay for automobile insurance, collection calls, repossession, foreclosure, loss of everything, your equity and material, uh, and then in the case of your debt possibly being forgiven or canceled, like um, credit cards or student loans or tax debt, you might even have significant tax consequences since that's reported as income when you get a debt forgiven. Okay, so he doesn't mention that. None of those things, by the way, that I just listed uh, apply to life insurance loans. Um, but, you know, again, I, I absolutely give a thumbs up to Michael Kitsis for all he got right in his article. He definitely understands that being able to borrow against your life insurance at favorable interest rates, his words, is one of the living benefits of permanent life insurance policies. So that's great. So what's the deal? Why do an episode then? Well, he seems to understand how the loans work, but he doesn't really seem to appreciate it. It's kind of like my three-year-old. She'd rather play with the boxes at Christmas time than the toys we purchased. <laughs> or the farmer who picks up a diamond in his field, but then tosses it aside to keep working on his plants. Mr. Kitsis, it's sort of like what they say in Texas, bless your heart, bless your heart. Bank on yourself is a phrase Pamela Yellen coined and trademarked to describe a very specific concept. Michael Kitsis doesn't get to write a review of the bank on yourself concept and then redefine what the concept is. It's Pamela Yellen's own phrase. She coined the phrase. She has the trademark on the phrase, the copyright on the phrase. Pamela's phrase, bank on yourself, can't just mean anything uh, just to fit Michael Kitsis' interpretation of how the concept works. It would be sort of like creating a cartoon character and a cartoon show named, oh, Mickey Muska and trying to get it past Disney's lawyers, right? In fact, Pamela's copyright on the concept is one of the main reasons why I stick with Pamela and her whole team to represent the strategy in the marketplace. There are enough Me Too advisors out there and people with WordPress, WordPress blog websites, podcasts, whatever, using phrases that mean essentially nothing. You know, family banking, velocity banking, infinite banking, the list goes on and on and on. And that list, those words, can mean essentially anything and everything and nothing at the same time. It's sort of like, you know, it's kind of like the, the, the words all natural on your granola bar at the grocery store. You ever seen those? The words all natural on your food, granola bar, whatever. There is no strict definition of what the words all natural means on some sort of wrapper. But when you see the, the words or the letters USDA organic, you know that your food has gone through a rigorous process to meet those specific requirements of the USDA team. Pamela and her team put together the Bank on Yourself Authorized Advisor training to ensure that any financial professional um, that works with you, the public, would do exactly what Pamela Yellen's concept describes in her book. That means the Bank on Yourself concept is something very specific. And sorry, Michael Kitsis, you don't get to redefine that term. So let's talk about some of the basic flaws that Michael Kitsis has in his review of Bank on Yourself. 
Ten times in his article, Kitsis says that a life insurance loan is, quote, nothing more than, end quote, a personal loan using cash value as collateral. He repeats that over and over and over again, like a chant. It's as if saying it enough, you'll believe that it means nothing at all. By repeating this chant, Kitsis is trying to diminish the value of policy loans, apparently hoping that you'll say, oh, you know, bank on yourself thing, it's no big deal, whatever. Kitsis is correct that a life insurance loan is essentially a personal loan using your cash value as collateral. But that's kind of like saying the Grand Canyon is nothing more than a hole in the ground. The reality is we should be super pumped about this loan provision in our life insurance contracts. Do you, do you for example, or Mr. Kitsis know any other way to grow your money at a larger and larger dollar amount every year guaranteed no matter what's happening in the stock market or the world economy? Do you or even Mr. Kitsis have a 160-year-plus track record of doing that? Whole life insurance is an asset that's grown in value every single year for more than 160 years. Could you or Mr. Kitsis do any of this without automatically incurring an income tax? You know, we did a whole episode on this, episode 29, Tax Advantages with Bank on Yourself. Would you or Mr. Kitsis know how to make money, continue to grow, even when you're spending that money, even when you're using it. So for example, if you have a $100,000 cash value and you take a $50,000 loan against that cash value, you're still gonna receive the $50,000 loan and you'll have the $100,000 cash value earning the same growth as if you hadn't borrowed a penny. If your policy is designed in the true bank on yourself way, what financial vehicle gives you all this, right? Other than life insurance policy loans designed the bank on yourself way. In Michael Kitz's review of Bank on Yourself, he's generally he's redefining what Bank on Yourself means to fit his own interpretation. And I think he's in essence missed five, at least five critical requirements of what Bank on Yourself requires. So number one, you got to use whole life insurance, dividend paying whole life insurance. Number two, you, the policy has to come with a non-direct recognition policy loan feature. That's the weird name that allows your money to grow on the cash even when you borrow against it, as if you had not touched the money. So we'll talk more about that later. Number three, the policy must incorporate a flexible policy design to help help you keep up with your policy and potentially changing your financial situation in the future. Number four, you as the policy owner must be an honest banker with yourself. And number five, you've got to work with a knowledgeable bank on yourself authorized advisor who's going to coach you on how to use the policy to maximize the growth, minimize the taxes, and most importantly to Michael Kitsis, apparently, help make sure your policy doesn't lapse. So let's talk about each of those five in turn for the rest of this episode. Number one, you've got to use dividend-paying whole life insurance, okay? Most of the references in Kitsis' review of Bank on Yourself seem to indicate he's referring to something other than whole life insurance, something called indexed universal life insurance. And he's calling universal life the same thing as bank on yourself. Kitsis mentions whole life only two times in his article, but one of those times he's actually talking about a, quote, crediting rate of the whole life policy. I don't know if he's aware of this, but he should, honestly, he should know with as many letters after his name that Crediting rates are features of indexed universal life policies and not whole life policies. So even when Kitsis thinks he's talking about whole life insurance, he's really talking about indexed universal life policies. Indexed universal life, equity indexed universal life, 
are absolutely not appropriate for the bank on yourself concept, especially if you plan to take out policy loans. I never, ever, ever recommend that form of insurance when using the bank on yourself strategy. Only whole life insurance lets you do the things that we've been describing with bank on yourself type policies. We did a whole mini series exposing universal life. So go back and listen if you want to, episodes 59, 60, and 61. Whole life is the only form of life insurance that I would recommend for bank on yourself concepts. So we don't want the processed food or pesticides of universal life. We want the USDA organic seal of the bank on yourself brand and only use dividend paying whole life insurance. Number two, a bank on yourself policy must have a non-direct recognition policy loan feature. I get it. I get that's a weird name with a long tail, okay? But it is huge. It is so important. Kitsis doesn't seem to think it's all that important. Let's pull in a few quotes from Pamela Yellen's book, The the Revolutionary Manual, as you will. Uh, The Bank on Yourself Revolution by Pamela Yellen. She talks about the non-direct recognition policy loan several times. She says, quote, The insurance company doesn't recognize that you took a policy loan when they dole out the dividends. If you don't have a non-direct recognition loan, they'll pay you a different dividend on that portion of your cash value that you borrowed against, end quote. That's uh, page 160. With a non-direct recognition loan, the insurance company will, quote, credit you the exact same dividend even when you've taken a loan from your policy. That lets you use the money and still have it growing for you as if you never touched it, end quote page 256 of her book. Kitsis also shows his lack of understanding when he says, quote, trying to bank on yourself doesn't really work very well when ultimately the loan interest isn't actually something you pay back to yourself. It simply repays the life insurance company, end quote. Well, wait a minute. We go into this in detail in episode 110, uh, titled, Wait, Did I Just Pay for This Twice? So go back and check that out and see if all that interest just goes to the insurance company or if it's part of the overall strategy that provides uninterrupted compound growth of your money while you use it. If you're using your cash value as collateral, a life insurance policy with non-direct recognition loans is a must for this strategy. So Mr. Kitsis, if you're listening, when we're talking about non-direct recognition loans, it's like Inigo Montoya says, You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. If anybody gets that uh, reference, uh, tweet me on that, and I'll know you're listening. Okay, number three, the policy must incorporate a flexible policy design to help keep up with your potentially changing financial situation. Michael Kitsis talks in his article again and again and again about how policies lapse and incur these huge tax obligations. It's almost like it's some inevitability. It certainly might happen. It can happen. But it's much less likely to happen if you don't ignore the last three requirements of the bank on yourself life insurance, beginning with flexible policy design. Okay, so at least 50% of a premium in a bank on yourself type whole life policy is directed into a optional rider. It's a life insurance rider called a paid up petitions rider. And that is an optional rider. That means you can pay it or not the insurance company won't mind. And with the life insurance companies recommended by Bank and Yourself authorized advisors, the paid up additions rider is optional. You can skip a few payments. You can fill it back up if you missed it. Uh, It's very flexible downward and upward. Your life insurance policy will remain in force. And, you know, you can catch up the payments later if you want to or just skip it if you had to. 
Policy owners who have loans against their bank on your self-type policies can use this flexibility to help keep their policies from lapsing. Think of it this way. Your mortgage is also possible to lapse, right? It could lose. You could lose the house. You could stop paying on the mortgage and they could repossess the house. That's totally possible. Is it always going to happen or is it inevitable? No, of course not. And imagine this. What if half of your mortgage payment was optional? Think of that. If half of your monthly mortgage payment was totally optional, would that make it more or less likely likely for you to lapse your mortgage? Sure, it's still possible. You could still lose the house, but it would be a lot easier to keep that house if you could cut your mortgage payment in half when times were tough, especially if you could use the home equity to even pay your mortgage for you. That's exactly what you can do with these policies. You can lower your payment into the policy during a tough time, and you could even use the cash value equity, your cash value, to pay your premium if you had to. I mean, I have clients that do that. I've done that in the past when times are tough. So, you know, to be truly honest, and, and so let's get on to number four then. To truly be banking on yourself, you, the policy owner, must be an honest banker. So in his review of Bank on Yourself, Michael Kitsis does not seem to understand that. Again and again, he implies that you will not repay your loan, which somehow means, of course, that tax consequences are inevitable. Kitsis uses examples of policy owners taking loans and never paying back the loan, apparently somehow to scare you into making this mistake of taking out a life insurance policy loan. That's the kind of logic that says, hey, never borrow money to buy a home for your family. Because you know what? You'll lose that home when, not if, but when you don't pay that loan back. If you have a life insurance policy loan, which is ultimately like a loan from yourself, and you don't pay it back, you're a thief, right? Only you're a thief from yourself, which is kind of the silliest thief you can imagine, right? If you're not an honest banker, if you ignore the importance of paying your insurance loan back, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Uh, If you're taking loans to fund your retirement, you don't have to pay those back. Remember, the death benefit will net out whatever you don't have paid off by the time you pass away. And I'd say in the next little section here, you're going to see exactly how you can avoid having that policy lapse, even in the retirement years. So let's get right into that. Number five, and the final one, you must work with an advisor who truly gets this, who truly understands the bank on yourself concept, and who could coach you on how to use your policy to maximize the growth, minimize your taxes, and help make sure your policy doesn't lapse. This one is huge, guys. I really, the more we've been in this uh, business, the longer we're in this, the more, unfortunately, the more horror stories we see. People who thought they were buying USDA organic when all they had was a bunch of uh, all natural, quote unquote, um, uh, processed goods. Okay. So this one is huge. Well, it seems like a small thing, the right engineer, the right coach, the right partner in helping build your bank on yourself portfolio is, is monumental. Kitsis seems to think that you're going to be, you know, with this policy left alone in the cold, having to manage it on your own. It's simply not true. If you have a well-trained advisor like us, uh, by the way, reach out to us and we would love to help you strategize this to make sure that you're on the right track and how using your policy could be used for your biggest benefit. Just go to our website, notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com or shorten it to nyafinancialpodcast.com and, requick, and click on request a meeting. We'd be happy to chat with you about how to manage this policy in the best way possible and to be your coach along the way for many years to come. 
So what was his biggest blind spot? He forgot that you finance everything you buy. And that's a common phrase we've shared on this episode, on this podcast many times before, but it's true. You finance everything you buy. You, you know, you can use traditional financing instead of banking on yourself, certainly. Let's say when you want to buy a car, there's traditional financing. You can take out a loan from an auto financing bank, a credit union, a loan company. And that's honestly still the most popular method of buying cars, by the way. When you take out a loan, you pay interest according to your credit rating and whatever the interest rates are in the prevailing economy. And you're going to pay that back according to their schedule, their preset schedule. After your loan is paid off, what do you have left? Well, you got an old car (laughs) worthy of whatever it could trade in for, and you'll have lost all the money to buy that car plus all the profit that went to the auto dealer or the auto bank. Leasing is actually even worse because at the end of the lease, all you have is nothing except a bunch of thank you notes from the lease company saying thank you for your monthly lease payment. But what about paying cash rather than using a life insurance loan? Perhaps you're one of the few who just absolutely, you're you're teetotaler, don't believe in borrowing at all. You save up money, you pay cash for everything, including your cars, including everything. And then you replenish your savings over a few years and you just repeat the process. You know you're beating the, the financing rackets, right? But didn't you actually just borrow from yourself? Yes, even when you pay cash, you are borrowing from yourself. If you save up for your car in a savings or money market account and then pull that money out to pay cash, how much interest are you now earning on the money you withdrew? None, of course, none, nothing, it's gone. And you'll only begin earning interest again slowly as you are able to put money back in your savings account. So the truth is you finance everything you buy. And Mr. Kitsis didn't seem to catch this. Either you're paying interest when you finance or lease or you pass up interest and investment income you could have earned on the money had you kept the money in there and kept it working for you instead. Kitsis mixed that that fact that someone who's going to be making purchases needs money to do ongoing, uninterrupted growth. And he has to finance that purchase with money he borrows from somewhere. Either it's coming from a bank, a leasing company, or he's borrowing it from his own cash savings. Even when you pay cash, it's sort of like stealing from your future self. All that future growth that you would have had had you not bought the car has vanished when you do buy a car or a cup of coffee or anything, right? We talk about that episode, I think 13, opportunity cost, the true cost of opportunity. The bank on yourself is the best and fourth way uh, to buy major purchases. A bank on yourself life insurance policy loan uh, allows your money to do a few things. You can get your hands on the money whenever you need for whatever you need, just telling the insurance company where to send the money and how much you want to have sent to you. There's no penalties. There's no you know, schedule to repay the loan. There's no um, loss in terms of the ongoing growth. And you get that policy growth that historically has beaten other savings accounts, money market accounts, CD accounts, that's for sure, over the last 10, 20 years at least. You're not required to liquidate or sell some sort of stock or, you know, uh, market-based assets, income-producing assets to get money out of the policy. You can use your money and have it continue growing as though you hadn't touched it. That's that non-direct feature we talked about. And the interest you pay is simple interest 
all year long. That means it's not compound interest. That actually benefits you, the policy owner. Go back to episode 32 and we get into a real specific example on how that works. And when you borrow against a life insurance policy that meets those five key requirements of the bank on yourself concept, you're going to be much more likely to stay away from the situation where your policy loses and lapses due to not paying on your policy loan. Again, it is possible, but certainly not required. So we'd, we'd love to get your thoughts on this. Again, main point, Michael Kitsis, you're a great guy, very intelligent. I look up to you in a lot of ways. I think you have a, a decent grasp of the concept. I think you missed some key features here that matters tremendously, especially when it comes to making major purchases and retirement income. If this is cool for buying a car, how incredible is it when it comes to taking money out in retirement? 20, 30 years of continual growth, even on the cash you borrowed to spend on groceries in your retirement, you know, the last 10, 20 years of your retirement, right? So love, love to get your feedback, guys. This has been a lot of fun. We're going to keep going. We've got a, another episode in me at least uh, to go through this content. And I'd love to get your feedback and thoughts. We're putting together your, the final thoughts now. So do get out there and put the word out uh, that this podcast, podcast exists. Uh, we'd love to let others know. And the best way you can help get the word out is to leave us a review. Go to nyafinancialpodcast.com, click on leave a review. And uh, if you send us a screenshot of that review, we'll send you a copy of the Rescue Your Retirement book, completely free of charge if you're in the U.S. And we'll get you something, a PDF or Kindle if you're outside the U.S. Just send us that screenshot and we'd love to see your thoughts on our show, how we're doing. Okay. And so that's it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.